Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, March 22nd. It's tax season, and I'm Terry Arango with our very timely guest, Shannon King-Nash. Shannon is a tax and corporate attorney and certified public accountant who helps a wide variety of clients, especially the special needs community. Shannon is the author of the award-winning book, For the Love of Money, the 411 to Taking Control of Your Taxes and Building Your Net Worth. She also wrote the Special Needs Tax Journal, The Vault Guide to Tax Law Careers, and Helping the Nonprofit Client. She's known for her skilled help with setting up nonprofits, and her website is at Nash Management Group, www.nashgroup-usa.com. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks, Terry. Glad well, to be here. Thank you so much. And let's start with a very basic question. What is the difference between a tax credit and a deduction? I, yeah, I get, I get that a lot. I think people get the two confused as to whether they're getting a tax deduction or a tax credit. So, you know, high level, I always say, if it's a credit, it's worth more to you. If it's a deduction, it's not worth more to you. And then I'll break that down. A credit is dollar for dollar meaning after you calculate your taxes and you figure out how much you actually owe in taxes, you then take um, away, so you subtract the credit from that amount. So let's say you figure out your taxes and you owed um, $5,000. Well, if you have a credit for $2,000, you deduct, now I'm not going to use the word deduct, you subtract that credit, which is $2,000 from the five, and you're left with $3,000 that you owe. Now, in coming up with the uh, the five thousand that I said is in taxes that you know your tax liability, you actually took deductions to get to that number, and so clearly that number is not going to be worth as much as a credit because a deduction is really like based off of whatever your tax rate is. So if your tax rate, we'll do some easy math, is twenty percent, um, a deduction is only worth you know twenty cents on the dollar. So for every dollar in um, income that you made. You take that income, and then you take your tax deduction, and you get a number. And then you're going to multiply it times the tax rate. So the tax deduction is clearly not worth as much as a credit because you had to multiply it by a percentage, um, which is your tax rate, to get, you know, the net amount. So that's, like, kind of high level of the difference. But after I explain 
people, if they just walk away with knowing that the credit is dollar for dollar, it's worth more, the deduction is only based off your tax rate, so off of a dollar, it may be worth 20 cents, they know that the, the credit is, is better than the deduction any day of the week. I guess this uh, falls under the every penny counts moral of the story, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whenever whenever somebody e- emails me and says, uh, my two cents, I write back something like my one cent after taxes. So. Exactly. <laughs> Even well, worse now, it's probably like your, you know, <laughs> 0.08 cents or something, but anyway. Yikes. Well, um, some people have heard about the child and dependent care credit, and what's that? Yeah, so so this comes up a lot, especially for um, working, you know, working parents. So the child and dependent care credit is, is basically a credit that helps people who work pay for child care. Um, and it's credit that, you know, by 2010, you know, certain people, it, it's phased out and it, it goes down, but you could get up to, you know, 2100 bucks, if you will, as a credit against the taxes that you owe. But it's based off of money um, that you've paid someone to watch your child so that you can go to work or that you can, or if you're unemployed even, so that you can find employment. Um, and where people get confused by this is that, um, you know, certain jobs also offer what's called flexible spending accounts. And, you know, those are accounts where you can say to your job, hey, I want you to take money off the top of my paycheck before you even take any taxes out, just like you treat for 1K. Um, and that money's going to sit in a pot, and I'm going to use that money to pay for my child care, you know, my daycare expenses, my, my, my child's camps, those type of things. Um, you can't do both. So if you do that, a flexible spending account arrangement at your at your job, you can't then also on your tax return take a child independent care credit. So this is where you know really working with somebody who can um, run the numbers for you to tell you what's more advantageous for you to do the credit or to participate in your job's flexible spending account really works. I will say that in um, a lot of the situations of, for my clients. Um, it is more beneficial to do the flexible spending account um, at your job, and that's primarily because of how, um, you know, Social Security, uh, FICA taxes are calculated off of um, your gross income. If that money is, is not taxed, um, it's taken off the top, it's not going to be subject to income taxes or FICA taxes at all. So typically it's better to do a flexible spending account and use that pot to pay for your, um, your child care expenses than to take a credit on your tax return, but you got you got to run the numbers. So that's what the child independent care credit is all about. And oh, let me tell you the one thing about um, you know this community that's listening to this radio program um, is that the child independent care credit generally ends when your child is 13 years of age. However, if you have a special needs child, um, as I do and as you do, Terry, we both know that we need somebody to continue to take care of our kids past the age of 13. Um, and so that age limit is waived if you have a child who's um, special needs. Well, that's really good to know. Thank you. Are there federal rules on tax credits or deductions related to special needs and then rules that vary by state? Well, yeah. You know, every, you know clearly every state is, is going to be different. You're going to have your, your Californias and your New Yorks with high tax rates and, you know, um, let's just say tax um, tax codes that are are quite cumbersome and may rival the you know the the federal IRS um, uh, statutes as well. But um, 
the best way for you to really know whether or not a credit or a deduction um, is is allowed in your state at the state level, go to your state's Department of Revenue or Department of Taxation or whatever that agency is called, go to their website. Um, because I will say that, you know, most we- most states have gotten really sophisticated and very good about their um, about their tax, um, you know, websites being online, frequently asked questions. You know, Terry, the other day I was dealing with a client that had a question in the state of Virginia, and um, I was able to actually not even place a phone call, but to chat online with someone for the Virginia Department of Taxation. Mm, very I mean, good. How advanced is that? I mean, we were in real time chatting the questions back and forth to each other. It was amazing. Good. Very good. Well, Shannon, if I may, I'd like to go through various listener questions and concerns one by one. Let's do it, yeah. Okay. When is special schooling, including tuition or tutoring, allowed, like a home program's applied behavior analysis aid, a consultant, a private school with a mix of neurotypical kids or not, or a privately hired school shadow allowed to be declared? Yeah, okay. So, so you know, Terry, let's, let's do a little bit of background about um, what the type of expenses that you're talking about would be called medical expenses. And in general, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of um, listener questions about what is a medical expense. So let me, let me just give like a high level as to what a medical expense is um, to give this some, some background and some basis. Okay. So medical expenses are, you know, what they really sound like, but they're cost for diagnosing, curing, treating, preventing a disease, a disorder. And the money that you spend, for example, the treatments, getting those treatments, which would include lots of things that will go through, can be tax deductible as a medical expense deduction. It's an itemized deduction. Um, but there's a caveat to what we call itemized deductions in medical expenses. First of all, to be able to take them, you've got to add them all up for a particular year, and they have to equal more than what's called 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So we call that the 7.5 AGI test. That means that if your adjusted gross income, which is basically what you made during the year, let's uh, do easy math here. Let's say you made $100,000. You take 7.5% of that, that's $7,500. You've got to add up all these medical expenses, and they've got to be more than 7500 for you to even take them on your tax return, which, you know, in this community, I will tell you, um, is when you start adding up all the things that count as medical expenses, it's not that hard to do. Um, so I want, to start with, um, I want to start with that's what they are. What they're, what they're not, what medical expenses are not, are things that are what I call cosmetic, um, things that don't really um, improve your medical condition but just are generally made to, um, are, are encouraged to make you feel better. Think something like something cosmetic or something for your general health benefit. Um, that's what would be not a medical expense. So I wanted to kind of give that background first before we start getting into specifics of what will qualify for these things. And so your first question asked a lot about, you know, tuition and for programs like ABA, um, et cetera, that parents have to pay for. Um, And so in general, and you're going to hear this a lot, if this is a medical expense, meaning we can prove it 
um, by doctor's note that it is required for your, your child or your loved one, then yes, you can start taking as a medical expense deduction costs related to the schooling and, and those type of things that have to do with improving the medical condition of that individual. But let's back up because you do realize that um, one of the, the things that you're going to need is um, a, a note, a doctor's note. And, you know, I, I would say this, Terry, that in your experience as well, that it's the same type of thing that as you're trying to get your child services through the school, through the county, et cetera, it's the same type of proof you would get for that. Um, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you agree that people are getting these kind of medical notes anyway? Right, and uh, seeing as how uh, ABA is one of the two uh, FDA uh, treatments for autism, it should be perfectly justifiable that ABA-related expenses would be deductible. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, so I think that parents, when, when I start, you know, when they come to me and I say, well, we need um, the medical note and things of that nature, sometimes they, they get kind of confused. And I said, well, you're already really getting this information anyway, not just for your taxes, but for all kinds of other things. Like if you're trying to get this covered by insurance or if you're trying to get certain supports from the school or the county or whatever. So it's the same type of information, just now it's the type of thing where I want it for your tax file. And depending on, we'll get into this, how large the tax deduction is, we sometimes, Terry, even attach it to the tax return itself to prove that this is a legitimate expense because if the numbers are too big on the medical um, expense side, you know, it could trigger an audit. So we try to alleviate that by having that proof, if you will, um, that this is medically necessary um, for the individual right away, um, you know, when we're doing the tax return. Right. One day, years and years ago, I'll just tell you this brief anecdote before we go to break. One day, years and years ago, uh, I got a call from a, a state tax bureau, and they're like, wait a minute, you are, you only made this much, but you had this much in medical expenses. What happened? I said, autism. And they said, <laughs> enough said, save your receipts. And uh, that was that. And with that, we'll go to break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back with Shannon King-Nash. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. 
Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, this is Terry, and we're back with Shannon King Nash of Nash Management Group, and the website is www.nash.com group-usa.com. Shannon is the author of the Special Needs Tax Journal. And before the break, we were talking about whether things like special schooling, uh, a home program, ABA consultant, etc., were deductible. And Shannon, from what you said, it sounds then like things like special instruction training or therapy, like occupational and sensory integration therapy, speech therapy, social skills therapy, and remedial reading would be things that would be covered. Yeah, I mean, so those things I think are a, little, are a lot easier to, to prove that they're medically necessary um, to be covered. Um, I will tell you, with those type of things, where we get into more problems is the fact that um, the parent is um, reimbursed. There's some type of insurance reimbursement or there's some type of reimbursement from, um, like in California, we've got regional centers, um, local local or, or state um Agencies are, are giving parents money for these things, and so you can't. What you can't do is obviously take a tax deduction for something that you're not out of pocket for. Even if you're out of pocket up first, and you get the money back months or a year or two later, you still aren't um, out of pocket. So you can't take a deduction for that. And let me tell you, Terry, where it becomes an issue is where, let's say, you pay for something like that towards the end of the year but you don't get the money back for, you know, quite a while. I think there's that, um, there's that people tend to say, well, I am out of pocket right now, so I'm going to go ahead and add it to my medical expenses. But I always counsel my clients that if you're going, if you know you're going to get that money back, you have a high reasonable expectation that you're going to get reimbursed, you, you can, you would, you should not take that on your tax return. Um, because you know that that money is really, you're not going to be out of pocket for it. It has to be a medical expense, you know, that you're truly out of pocket. And I, and I do want to add, and I know we'll talk about this a lot during um, during this, this time, that so what I've developed for parents is a special needs tax journal. And, you know, Terry, it's kind of a, a quick journal. It can fit in a purse. It can fit in, in, you know, your hand. It's not that big. But what it has is a checklist of a lot of these expenses that we're going through, and it has a place where parents can check off the expense. They can put the total amount they spent during the year. They can write notes. They can list their medical providers. Because what I've found is that a lot of times it's very hard for parents to keep these records and to keep up with all these different medical receipts and things of that nature. So we've tried to put it together in a really easy place that parents can just fill out every year, 
hand over to their tax provider and, you know, and know that they're getting their maximum um, tax deductions. So I, I wanted to add that, and I want to also um, add that, you know, our website is actually Nash Management Group, um, which is really easy. It's just www.nashmanagementgroup. And on that website, we even have a link for special needs, needs parents as well. So I just wanted to add that in there. Okay, sure. You know, you're, you've talked about some clear-cut things. Um, where where are there gray areas in the medic in the medical expense arena? Um, and I know we're going to talk about a lot of different ones that listeners are interested in. But there are things like yoga, dance, horseback riding, service dogs, and their right, right. So let's so let's go back to our our you know our general rule: Is this a medical expense that is necessary for the treatment and diagnosis of a disease, a disorder, or to cure someone, right? That's what you have to look at. Or is it for just general health benefits because it's fun and you think that it's just a good general thing to do, right? Because you've got to look at, look at it in that way. And so let's take an one that I think used to be controversial in a way where my son, when my son is yo- was younger, now that he's much older, it's it's not. But let's take horseback riding and the equestrian therapies. So I remember a time, uh, probably about ten years ago, when um, living in California, where I tried to get that, let's say, covered by our regional center, and um, it was that in, in a music therapy class. And at the time, you know, Terry, I was told that those weren't really medically proven to be beneficial for kids with autism. Um, now fast forward, it's 2011. I don't know if people um, see any controversy in the fact that those are therapies that have proven to work with kids with autism. Um, you know, certainly I don't think it would be difficult to get a doctor, um, particularly a doctor who's used to seeing um, autistic patients, to write you a note to say that that is a therapy that is beneficial for the medical treatment and diagnosis and, and help and curing of, of your child. Um, and I don't know if, you, if you've even tried any of those therapies for, for your son, but, you know, it's, just a, it's, a, it's interesting how things have changed over a 10-year period in that now I don't even think it's a controversial thing, whereas it, it used to be. And so... How about getting to these things? When are transportation fees such as mileage, parking, and airfare able to be reported? Uh, well, okay, again, if, if, you, if, if we've passed that baseline test that this is a, medically, um, is a medical necessi- necessity, right, for the child, this is a therapy, it's medically necessary, it's not cosmetic, it's not any of those things, right? Once you get that threshold, then the actual transportation to getting there um, does become deductible. In 2010, I will say that um, the medical um, mileage rate is 16.5 cents. So for every mile, you um, can you multiply times 16.5 cents to get kind of like your mileage, medical mileage deduction. And so, you know, in my um, special needs tax journal, we even have at the back of the book, we have mileage charts and places for um, parents to be tracking these miles because, you know, you know, Terry, it becomes difficult to remember these right. things um, during the year. And so we have in our book a nice little place for them to kind of track their miles on a monthly basis, and it's even divided by, like, the type of... Um, of trips 
that they're going to, whether they're seeing a doctor, a specialist, the dentist, the pharmacy, a conference, we even have it divided in that way. So it makes it real easy for the parent to, to write down, you know, where they were going and how many miles they, they spent to go there. Because you want to add that up at the, at the end of the year. Um, uh, and then related stuff, I think you asked about, like, the parking and things of that nature. You know, absolutely, that also counts as, um, you know, the uh, medical expenses that, because it's the travel to get the child um, to there. Um, I will tell you that I remember my son had to have this surgery, and there was this um, ophthalmologist in Los Angeles who was preeminent in this type of um, astropia surgery for kids. And I remember we were just uh, remarking, he's, he's had this surgery several times. But um, the last time we went there, the waiting room was just filled with all these parents. And you get to talking to them, and these people had flown from far and wide um, over across the United States to see this doctor. We were just lucky that we lived in Los Angeles and, you know, we could get to UCLA very easily. But, you know, their transportation costs, I mean, they had to fly, they had to get hotel rooms. All of that, um, you know, is, is deductible because it's, it, they needed to make that trip and spend those costs to get to the medical professional who could best, you know, meet the, ch- the needs of their child. So absolutely, um, you would take that. Now, you, you mentioned um, in, in the answers that you just gave, you mentioned the word conference. And as you know, the Autism One Generation Rescue 2011 conference is coming up in Chicagoland at the end of May, May 25th through 29th. So our, it sounds to me from what you're saying, since this is a conference dedicated to information um, that goes towards healing children and helping families affected by an autism spectrum diagnosis that, um, well, this year we have, you know, free registration, but that the things like the airfare to the conference would be deductible, lodging, books that you buy at the conference, um, you know. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. Yep, I get that one a lot. So, again, okay, um, when, you're, when the travel is related to expenses, you know, dealing with your child's disability as opposed to actually, like, seeking the medical care, I want to differentiate the two, um, you can take a medical expense deduction for the um, admission, but like you said, that's free, and, like, the airfare. But cost of meals and lodging will not be um, considered as a medical expense. So that's important for, for parents to know. And, we, and, again, we have that in our book as a, as a reminder for parents when they're trying to add that type of stuff up that, you know, that's, that they can't add in the cost for the meals and the lodging to attend that conference. Okay. But, you know, they can, they can take the other things. Okay, good. Well, that takes us into a question about food. And I just want to differentiate. If I'm going to a conference myself and I don't need to be on a special diet, but I'm bringing my child with to the conference, um, uh, but my child is on a special diet, would the food or any part of the food that I'm buying for my child at the conference premises um, be deductible in, at, there or anywhere in general every day? Yeah, so really the rule that you have to look at and that the, the IRS looks at is when it comes to food and special diets, they look at what is the incremental cost, meaning here's what it cost you, here's what it would have cost for like that same type of food without, you know, like the regular food. And whatever the incremental difference is is what you get to take, whether you that's at your home 
or while you're traveling, it doesn't matter. And so the example that I always give people is take a cereal that costs, you know, $2, like whatever. Like you can come up with a mount for cereal there everywhere in the grocery store. But then look at the same box of cereal, but it's a gluten-free, casein-free cereal, and it costs more. So say a regular box of Cheerios is two bucks, but the you know the G- GFCF box of com- comparable Cheerios is five dollars. You can take the difference, which is three bucks. That's what you can take. You cannot take the entire five dollars. And again, remember, let's go back to you know I, I'm going to keep going back to our original rule because I think that's what will help people remember. Our original rule is you can take medical expenses for things that are medically required to cure, to deal with the diagnosis, but not an amount that's used for general health benefits. And so what the IRS is kind of saying here is that in general, you've got to eat, right? Everybody's got to eat. You've got to eat cereal. Your cereal just costs more than, you know, some other child's cereal because you've got to have this special diet. So what's the amount that's the difference that yours costs more by? It's not the five. You would have spent the $2 anyway for your child. It's the amount that's over. Does that does that make sense? Kind of explain kind of how your how your mind has to think about these medical expenses. Absolutely. And yeah. when we come back from break, we're going to pick up with nutritional supplements here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Shannon King Nash. And Shannon, what was that correct website again? Oh, so it's just NashManagementGroup.com. Okay, very good. And thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health & Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Most chronic health problems are caused by the interaction between genetic susceptibility and environmental exposure. This was defined 10 years ago by the Centers for Disease Control. Join Dr. Robin Bernhoft 
for 21st Century Medicine. We will cover the whole spectrum of chronic illness and little-known medical treatments that are being used to make you healthier. 21st Century Medicine airs live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, it's Terry back with Shannon King-Nash, the author of the Special Needs Tax Journal. And I determined during the break that if you purchase a copy of the Special Needs Tax Journal, it is tax-deductible. So good to know. Shannon, let, we were talking about food before we went to break. Let's now talk about nutritional supplements with or without a doctor's note. I know that I, for one, um, tried to uh, get uh, our insurance company of years ago to cover nutritional supplements, and we had a doctor's note, and they wouldn't do it. But what is it like for taxes? Yeah, so very much so like your insurance company. So nutritional supplements, you know, Terry, those are probably one of the more, you asked about gray areas and difficult areas, and they definitely um, will, would fit in there. And that's primarily because um, you've got to really be able to prove that the supplements are not just for general health purposes. In other words, that they are really necessary, once again, because they're recommended by a medical practitioner for the treatment of a specific medical condition. So without that doctor's note, good luck on being able to prove that. I know that there's lots of people who have lots of beliefs that they're helpful, and I have my personal beliefs. But when it comes to proving that, you know, and, you know, and that it helps, my personal belief is not going to um, persuade um, an IRS agent that this is tax deductible. I'm going to need somebody else besides me as the mom saying that, hey, I've seen these benefits to prove that they are, you know, necessary and recommended for this medical condition that, you know, my child has. So nutritional supplements, I always kind of tell parents, try to get that doctor's note. If you don't, I would not take it on my tax return. Okay. And then there's things like the cost of health insurance to begin with, and can you deduct... Uh, co-pays, deductible, and, yeah. and di- diagnostic evaluations not covered by insurance. So, yeah, and I think we talked about this a little bit earlier that, again, it's, it's what is your out-of-pocket cost for, um, you know, for medical expenses? It's not what you're getting reimbursed. And, you know, we talked about that before. It's what did you come out-of-pocket for to pay for this health care? So that would include, did you, if you came out of pocket with co-pays and insurance payments, that's what you came out of pocket for. That does, um, you can add, add that up um, as part of your, you know, your total medical expenses, absolutely. So you're an attorney. What if I was trying to negotiate some things with um, regard to medical procedures or medical expenses or my child's individualized education program, IEP, or his schooling, would the costs of paying for the attorney fees be covered? 
Yes, and this is a huge area where um, I will say that, you know, clients have had you know, very large um, tax, you know, deductions because of the attorney's fees and fighting for therapies, if you will, for your child. Um, very, very important that the attorney that you hire um, for these type of things is really clear on his or her um, bills to you that what they are doing is providing legal services to help with fight for, you know, treatment for your child's medical condition. And so, like, a lot of times, Terry, what will happen is that um, the, the client will have the attorney who's helping them call me, and we will discuss, these are the type of things that I need um, to be able to show and have for the, per- the client's tax file to show that these medical expenses are really related to, um, to getting medical treatment for um, their child. And so um, the, some attorneys may be familiar with that. Others are not. So it's just what I always tell clients is get your team and make sure your team is on the same page. Make sure that attorney has talked to that CPA and that they all kind of know what language you need to be able to prove. The same thing with your doctor. Um, so a lot of times what will happen is that, you know, the client will have make sure that the doctor's note is sent to the accountant and the attorney's fee, um, bills are sent to the accountant. And they all kind of talk just to make sure that um, what is needed is provided to substantiate these tax deductions that you're taking. Very, very important. I've had people come in the door where they didn't do this um, on their legal bill, and it's made it very difficult to be able to prove that these expenses for the attorney were incurred for, you know, for fighting for medical treatment for the child. So it's extremely important in this area, and it's a big deduction that a lot of parents may miss out on. So, Right. Well, we have two listener questions, and the first one relates to equipment, devices, and furniture, and the second one relates to home renovations or accommodations, including security fences, alarm systems, lead paint removal, and water filtration systems. Okay. So um, I'm gonna kind of going to lump them in and, and maybe just pull some of them out in, in general. So, again, uh, we'll go back to our good old general rule that these medical expenses must be, the main purpose of which must be for medical treatment and care for the child or, you know, the dependent, okay? they got to be. cannot be for just generally improving or beautifying your home. can't be. Okay. So, um, you know, what you have to look at um, is does it meet that rule? And in general, I will say that um, a lot of the improvements that you're talking about and things that are done to the home are not cosmetically, you know, beautifying the home. They're really, if anything, they may be making the home more unattractive um, if you think about the things that are being done. So what I tell people is, first of all, take pictures of everything that you're doing to show why you're doing it. You know, get quotes. Make sure that this is another big area. Doctors know very important that you need to get these things because of, you know, here, because of the medical condition that your child or dependent has. Um, when, it, when it comes to, like, the equipment and devices and, and the furniture, um, you know, uh, modifying electrical outlets, I get a lot of those. That type of stuff is a little bit easier to prove that it was, you know, really required um, for the medical care. But when it comes to other things that you mentioned, like um, fences, let's say, 
you know, that's a little more difficult, Terry, because those are improving. Arguably, I know where you're putting up the fence to protect your child, but it's also there is some benefit to the property to have a fence there, too. So what you have to really look at, and this kind of goes back to the same thing we talked about when we were talking about the G, um, GFCF diet, is that you got to, it's the incremental um, cost that you have to look at. It's not just the full cost. So um, when we talked about the diet, we talked about the normal cost of the food versus the special cost that you have to pay because it's special food. When you talk about improvements to the house, you look at, okay, well, um, what is the property, what is the value of the property in general, and how much has the property, um, you know, changed because you've, um, you've added this, um, this improvement. And, um, and that's the part that you have to, you know, you have to really look at because only that difference is what's going to be the medical expense. What if, um, you, what if you rent so it's not your property that's accruing the benefit at all? Well, you know, the, again, the, the rental, you know, in that situation, what I tell people is, that, is you're still improving something. You're improving the value. It's hard for you to just take the full cost of doing it. So I think you're going to have to, if you're a renter, part of it, what I would do is really look at, um, you know, how much the property is worth. Conservatively, this is what I would do. I'd look at how much I think I'm benefiting the property, and I'd probably take the difference on that. I think that's a conservative way to do it because I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable telling my client if the fence costs $10,000 to take the entire pen. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, what you're really kind of, um, kind of have, what you're really kind of looking at when you, if you ever get audited is, well, what was the appropriate price? But you're not looking at someone who just took too much of a tax deduction. Um, you know, the other thing I will say to you is that I thought you were going to ask another question. This is what I will say. I've had this happen. I've had somebody um, put in some type of improvement, and I will say to you that um, that there really wasn't an increase in the value of the property for the improvement at all, based off of what the improvement was. And so, and and we got and we were we were good about documenting that with an appraisal and all that type of stuff because it was a big improvement. If anything, I I, I think it made the house not so pretty. Um, and because of that, we felt comfortable conservatively taking, like, the entire cost of what we did as the improvement. So it's going to be really, Terry, on this one, this is one where I tell people, like, you got to go to a professional. you got to go to a tax professional with something like this because what you want to have, when you're taking these type of huge tax deductions, you want to have basis, you want to have um, proof of why you did it, you want to have rationales for why you did it, and you want to attach that stuff to your tax return so that you can avoid any issues um, upon audit. Um, so, okay. yeah, that, that's what I would suggest on that because there's no one-size-fits-all answer on improvements. Yes, you can take them, but now we got to figure out what you can take. Right. Does that make sense? You get it? Yeah. And before we break, uh, special clothes and diapers. Well, the, the special clothes and diapers, I feel the same way about that as I feel about the, about the diet. I mean, it's the incremental change. You know, you got to buy clothes. So what, how much more did you pay for these clothes because they're special? You got, if you have to buy a diaper, you know, you got to buy diapers. How much more did you pay for these diapers because they're special? Whatever that delta is, that difference, take that as your medical expense deduction. Okay, and we'll be right back from break. Again, that website is nashmanagementgroup.com. We'll be right back with Shannon King-Nash, 
at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, we're back with Shannon King Nash, and Shannon has a special offer to tell us about. If you go to NashManagementGroup.com, Shannon? Yeah, if you go to our site, NashManagementGroup.com, and you click on services, it's going to take you to a box that, box that says special needs services. Um, and obviously on there, that's where we sell our special needs tax journal. It's $5, but... For listeners of this program, um, if you, you email us and you use our um, special needs tax services for your tax prep, we will give you a 5% discount, um, and we will give you the special needs tax journal for free. Very good. Thank you. Let's look to the future of, um, of our kids. And um, is there a tax credit for the expense of establishing guardianship for an individual with disabilities 18 years of age or older? 
Yeah, so special needs trust, a lot of, some people don't know this, but with um, special needs trust, and, you know, at some point, Terry, would love to come back and do a show on special needs trust with you, so hopefully we can schedule that sometime in the future. But um, with special needs trust, a major portion of putting together the actual special needs trust is the tax planning and the tax preparation um, around doing all that. What a lot of people don't realize is that there is actually a miscellaneous itemized deduction for tax planning and preparation, such that um, you would be able to take the cost of putting together the actual trust and a big amount of it um, as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. So, again, that's really important. Another time it's really important where the attorney and the accountant you're working for, very important that, again, their, their legal bills and their, um, their invoices reflect that um, the amount of time that's spent on the tax side of putting together the special needs trust, because that amount that they put down is what you can take um, as, a, as a tax deduction. So it's a huge, huge benefit. And every time I know a client is about to do a special needs trust, we right away start trying to figure out what percentage will be um, for tax planning because we know that's going to be a big tax deduction. I think there are a couple things that you cover in your journal, the special needs tax journal, that I haven't mentioned yet, and they have to do with charitable work or volunteer work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and so our special needs journal, like, like I was saying before, it's a, it's a small, compact journal. It's like it's about 10 pages, but it's, it's really a quick how-to guide on, like, the top tax deductions for um, parents of children with special needs and adults with special needs even. And, it, and we talked about medical expenses a lot but it even has a place for child care expenses. It talks about special needs trust and those deductions, savings accounts and those deductions. And then it ends with charts at the back that allow you to take notes and be able to calculate, you know, high level what these deductions are every year, hand it to your tax person and, and go on your way. One of the things it talks about is volunteer um, and charitable expenses. And what's really, really helpful about that is a lot of people don't realize, but I know you do, Terry, is that all the time you spend working with um, these autism and special needs related nonprofits as a volunteer, you actually are generating tax deductions for any of your out-of-pocket expenses. I mean, Terry, how many times have you just gone and bought the snacks or the office supplies or just paid for the, the printing or the postage for the nonprofit organization just out of your own pocket and not got reimbursed? Wait, what? Yeah. Now you, you tell me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, a, that's tax deductible. Um, and I tell my clients, and, and in our journal, in our special needs section, we have, we, we have um, boxes for like about 10 categories where you can kind of check off like how much you spend. And it's kind of like to remind you like, hey, you're working for a charity for free. Um, you're a volunteer, and you're probably not thinking about all these things you're doing that are tax deductible for the charity, including your mileage. When you are driving, picking things up, running to the office depot, doing this, doing that, your mileage back and forth is even tax deductible if you, if you calculate it. Um, it's 14 cents a mile for 2010. So, and the year, and it changes every year. So, I mean, um, the volunteer expenses is one of those. I always, I even ask my, my, my clients who are not, um, dealing with children that have autism, just in general, who volunteer with the, the little league team and all those type of things for their kids. Same thing. They can take those deductions too. So usually, it's usually a nice deduction for people, um, at the end of the year that they never even thought about. So. Wow. I guess I should have asked sooner. <laughs> Well, Shannon, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you would like to remark on or any closing messages for parents? 
Yeah, for parents, I mean, you know, and you and I have talked about this kind of offline, um, offline, Terry. And, you know, for parents, you're busy, you're running around, you have so much going on with, with your kids, so many therapies, so many doctors, so many this, so many that. The last thing you're really thinking about is taxes. But what we tried to do is make this journal for you guys that would put it all in one place, that would answer pretty much all, most of your questions and allow you to get the best, you know, tax deduction you can related to this life that you're in and you're dealing with because, you know, let's face it, these tax rules are confusing and they're cumbersome. And so we've, we've taken the time to try to put it together in one place for you um, because it's, it's a lot. And, and I will tell you that, um, you know, I've dealt with lots of different autism and special needs related nonprofits over the years. Um, last year I spoke at Autism One. It is an awesome conference. I'm going again this year. And one thing I will say is that, you know, um, there's so much that the, you guys as parents are doing and volunteers that you're leaving on the table. You don't even realize you can be getting these benefits. So hopefully people are listening and will start at least um, talking to their tax advisors now or next year even, to make sure they don't leave anything on, on the table. So um, I just want to thank you for allowing us to share this topic at this timely time with parents in our community. Well, thank you too, Shannon. I'm going to have to listen to this show again and visit your website, nashmanagementgroup.com, um, and per, you know consider getting that discount that you so kindly offered everybody. And the uh, publication is called The Special Needs Tax Journal, Everything You Need to Track, Record, and Account for Your Special Needs Expenses. So, Shannon, again, thank you for providing us with this very timely information. Thank you so much, Terry. I look forward to seeing you at Autism One. Yeah, you too. To our listeners, please don't forget to visit the Autism One website at www.autismone.org to take the opportunity for free registration for the Autism One Generation Rescue 2011 Conference, May 25th through 29th in Chicagoland. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, manufacturers of fine digestive enzymes, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.